This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 45. My name is Keen Ohana, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe that it is possible for Christians, people of faith, to reach financial independence. You can expect one episode from me per week, and during that time, I want to help myself and you to see what the Bible has to say about handling money or wealth. We're currently on a journey through the Bible and are looking at wealthy people who were people of God. Today, we do a slight deviation. We look at a centurion in Luke 7, who's not a disciple of Jesus. Perhaps later, he became one. But he was wealthy, and his faith impressed Jesus. And for those reasons, we turn here. So I'm actually going to read a few verses. That is Luke chapter 7. If you have your Bible, you can follow along. Luke 7, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So here we jump in where previous to this in chapter 6, Jesus had finished his sermon, his sermon sorry, on the plain or the level ground and he enters Capernaum. He actually spent a lot of time in Capernaum as this was the home of Peter and Andrew and to Jesus, this was like a second home. But it is clear that this centurion was held in high regard here. He was able to get the Jewish leaders to go to Jesus with his request. Unfortunately, they came to Jesus saying, this man deserves you to do this. Jesus didn't have to do anything. The Jews were impressed with this man because of what he had done. It says that he had built the synagogue there or perhaps was a main contributor. This is not what impresses Jesus, however. We are the ones who get easily impressed by stuff, by money, by power and 
perceived success. By telling Jesus what they told him, they expected Jesus to jump up and go and do what this man wanted him to do. But Jesus was on his own schedule and he healed and he served and he taught, etc. when he wanted to, who he wanted to. Jesus' priorities were bigger than what these Jewish guys had in mind. But I want to ask you this. What impresses you today? Yet, Jesus went to help. He goes with them. In fact, Jesus wants to help. As they get closer, the centurion sent some of his guys to say to Jesus that Jesus didn't need, a, didn't need to come anymore or don't come to the house because he didn't deserve Jesus to come into the house. But this guy reasoned that Jesus could long distance heal. He figured himself unworthy to approach Jesus, unworthy for Jesus to come into his house. He did not feel entitled for Jesus to heal his servant. The elders felt that way, but not this guy. But also, he understood authority. Like I said, he reasoned that Jesus could heal his servant long distance, which means he realized that Jesus was not confined to space and time, that Jesus could do anything from anywhere. That's an amazing faith. He also understood authority, like I started to say, and I believe that because of this, he had great faith. Or perhaps he understood authority because he had great faith. Nevertheless, Jesus was impressed. Here was a Gentile with more faith than those in Israel. So this was amazing. And you may be asking, why are you talking about this guy today? Or how does he find his way into your podcast episode? Well, he had money. And he did good things with it. But he did not think that his money meant that he deserved anything. Money did not make him big up himself. He used it to serve others. He built a synagogue there in Capernaum. But also, he did not expect something in return for this. He was also a Roman centurion, which means he had power. Yet, he understood that Jesus' power was bigger than his. Jesus' authority was bigger than his. He respected Jesus. He knew, like I said before, Jesus could heal long distance. Jesus need not be in the same place as the servant in order to heal him. But let me ask you, how strong is God's authority in your life? Does it lead to an amazing faith? It should lead to an amazing faith. Even today, do you feel like you deserve for God to give you what you want? Truth is, you don't deserve a thing. Deserve, don't get me wrong, deserve would mean that God is in debt to you. But we are the ones 
in debt to God. We owe him everything, not the other way around. When we give and serve for him, we only do do sorry our duty. We don't build up brownie points to, you know, sometime later down the line, barter with God to get what we want. No. But when I think about God's authority as it relates to money, let me tell you what comes to my mind. We are stewards, right? This is biblical understanding. We are stewards. And 100% of what we have belongs to God. We are to manage it. We are the managers. We are to manage it the way he wants. And it's not just about the 10% that we put in the plate at church. If that was the case, then we'd just be stewards of 10%. But I believe we are stewards of 100%. And everything God gives us, we are to manage it the way he wants. But we must ask ourselves, what am I doing with the 90%? I put 10% in the plate at church or I send it on some you know, money app to deposit the church's bank account. But what happens to the 90%? Am I spending, saving, investing, giving with the 90 the way God wants me to do it? Truth, God is the source. If you spend the money the way God prescribes, or use it the way God prescribes, again, money is a tool, okay? Then God will make sure that you have more money to continue to do the same. We need not fear that we're going to run out. Not if we're using it the way God says use it. And if perchance we do run out, then God will give us more. Again, he's God, he's the source. But sometimes there's a conflict. For example, God wants us to give, but we want to save. Right? And we do that because we want to hold on. Right? We, we may say to ourselves, we only have a little bit. Or we may say, I'm saving for something when God wants us to give. There's a conflict. And sometimes it's like this. God wants us to save, but we want to spend. We're like, we haven't been to America in a long time, right? I, I say this as someone who lives in the Bahamas, and I know that we love going to America. Or we haven't treated ourselves or bought a new uh, suit or dress or I need a new car when God wants us to save. But when God has authority in our lives, then we go after doing what he wants and not what we want. The key thing, though, is to figure out what does he want? How does he want me to spend this money? Again, it's his. We're just the managers. And if we want to figure out what God wants us to do with money, well, don't expect the sky is going to open up and God is going to write on the clouds. Don't expect that he's going to use a billboard either. 
perhaps he will put the needy right in front of you. He will allow you to see the needs. Right? So that's one example. But then I think in a more general sense, it's all in the Bible. If you say that you are under God's authority, you are a believer, you're following him, you're a Christian, then you should be following his words. And we find them in the Bible. The Bible has tons to say about how to use money. If you're unsure where to start, I suggest you check out my podcast, episode 31, where I share five principles of financial freedom for believers. You can find that on Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn. Well, guys, that's all I have for you today. I encourage you to join me next time when we take a look at some of the, um, some more of the wealthy people in the New Testament. In fact, the plan uh, next week is to look at the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. I encourage you to also invite your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Tell them search for godliness with contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. This is Kino Hanna signing off saying, check you later.